0: Hi friends, how are you? I am so happy to be here with you again today. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, welcome. My name is Dr. Yasden and I am your host. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about content creation and more specifically, what type of content to create if you are an associate or if you're just taking over an old practice or if you're part of a group practice, we're going to get into all the goodness. But before we do, I would like to take a moment to say thank you for tuning into this podcast. I would be so grateful if you could take a minute out of your day and leave a review so that I can hear back from you. That would be great for me. And it would also hopefully help someone else who needs this content. Find it. Okay. So Time and time again, I get asked the same question in various ways. Things like, I'm stuck in my content creation process. And when I get to the root of all of that, it's because the person I'm talking to thinks that their situation is different. I actually just went over this. I had a friend um, who referred somebody to me. And they were like, but I feel like I'm in a different situation. And, you know, I have a practice with my husband, but he's not really interested. And should I, you know, everyone thinks their situation is different. So they tell me things like, well, it makes sense that you can create content. You're a solo practitioner. I just took over an old practice or I'm part of a group practice or I'm an associate and all these stories about it, right? You might feel like you're also doing the same thing. You guys, this is all the same thing. There aren't too many differences and what you should be creating content wise. Even if you're an associate somewhere and your schedule is already made for you by the office you work at, you still control what type of content you can create. You can still dep- determine who your ideal patient is. You don't need to be bound to the terms of the practices, ideal patient. If you don't want to, here's the thing about that. If you're in an associate position and you know, it's temporary and you plan to move on someday, then you for sure don't need to worry about what the ideal patient of the practice is. If your position is a long-term position, you can still have your own ideal patient and you will still be building a personal brand online. Even if you're part of a group practice, I know you may think that you need to brand the entire office, but you don't. And in fact, I wouldn't. So when you're marketing online, you are building a personal brand. Did you know that? Now I'm not saying don't include the other doctors in the office or don't include the practice name. You should absolutely include things like that as well, if you want, but work on your own personal brand. And this holds true as well for if you are taking over an existing practice. So let's break that down for a minute. So hopefully the practice you took over is one that is has an ideal patient similar to yours and one that holds similar values as you do. However, if it's not, that's okay. You can change things internally little by little, but marketing wise, you can absolutely begin to talk to your specific ideal patient. Now let's say you're an associate or you recently acquired an existing practice and nobody else in is into social media marketing, not the team members, not the other doctors in there, but you are, you really want to do it. So you want to build a brand online. You understand the importance of it and how it's kind of like the way of the world now. And you really want to do this. You can still do it. You don't need to exclude yourself from online marketing. If that's not what the rest of the team is interested in. And furthermore, if anyone were to say anything about it, I would encourage you to tell them that social media can make their business extremely successful and talk to the team about how important it really is. I had to do that in my own practice. I had to get some of my team members on board. When I told my office manager at first, when I first kind of started, I said, Hey, like put like 15 minutes in the schedule every day so that I can make sure I'm uploading some stories and creating a little bit of content and getting some footage. She was like, are you kidding? Like I could put production in there. And I was like, no, 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 this is important. Like we need to do it. And when I explained it and she saw that it was like, you know, working, it was a no brainer. It was like, okay, this is just part of our protocol now. So here's something else I get asked about a lot. What if the procedures you are currently doing and the practice that you acquired or that you're an associate at aren't necessarily the procedures you really want to be doing. So I'm going to talk about dentistry for a second, because it's easier for me to give examples. So let's say I worked at a dental office as an associate, and I did a lot of extractions. I actually dislike doing extractions. That's why I'm using this example. So for those of you that don't know, I actually went to dental school thinking that I would specialize in oral maxillofacial surgery, um, and quickly realized that it's really not for me. And for the simple fact that I hate extracting teeth and I know, um, OMFS does way more than extractions but that's just something that I can't stand doing. And I lost all interest immediately. Anyway, let's say I was at a practice that did a lot of extractions, but instead I wanted to do a lot of root canals and a lot of crowns. Then instead I would start creating content and tons of content on those things on different types of crowns, like three quarter crowns, porcelain crowns, the difference, the different types of crowns, maybe like porcelain fused to metal crowns. I talk about root canals and using a rubber dam to isolate and why that's important. And I talk about gutta percha being biocompatible material. I probably talk about like that Netflix documentary that said root canals are bad and had all these, this weird information. And I'd shoot down those theories with, like hardcore facts and research and data. And when you do that, you will slowly see that you are attracting the types of procedures that you're talking about. What's funny is that actually happens. So what you market is what you're going to get. That sounds so simple and kind of like, well, duh, right? But there was a time period where I, for some reason, kept talking about root canaled front teeth that were basically black underneath and how to make the crowns or the veneers in order to mask out the darkness. So <laughs> if you're not in the dental world, when your tooth is root canaled, it's no longer vital. So it turns dark and some people it can turn really dark, like actually black. And what happens is when you put a crown over it, it usually has to have some kind of blockout layer on the inside so that it blocks out the darkness. But then the crown will usually look too opaque because you're trying to mask the darkness. And then if it's too translucent, the darkness is going to come through. And honestly, this is literally the hardest thing I've had to do. Like practicing cosmetic dentistry is take black from teeth and put a crown on a single black front tooth and make it somehow match all the rest of the teeth in the mouth that are natural. It's so difficult. And there was a period of like two to three months where most of my cases were this. And one day my lab tech was in the office and she turned to me and said, I've seen, I've, I've been doing this for 40 years, and never in my life have I been to an office where I have to work on so many single root canal teeth that are so dark underneath. I mean, We were going nuts, trying to make these teeth look as natural as possible. And I'm super picky and I actually attract very picky patients. So we were going a little crazy and then I started laughing and I said, well, yeah, it's actually my fault because I keep marketing these cases I'm doing with these dark front teeth and I keep posting about them and putting, putting the process in my stories and in my feed and I keep creating content about it. So that's why we're getting all these teeth. So I needed a break from this. So for a while I didn't market it as much. And what do you know? I had way less of those cases. So my point of telling you this is that you get what you market. So if you're in a practice doing extractions and you don't want to do so many extractions then start creating content on what you want to actually be doing, I'd like to say that even if you think your situation is different and you feel stuck, it's because you have a mental block truly. If you know who your ideal patient is, if you know the treatments that you want to be marketing online, then you're probably just nervous to put yourself out there. And do you guys know what I have to say about you being nervous putting yourself out there? I'll tell you that taking action removes that fear. I'd love for you to just put yourself out there. I know that it's scary at first, but it gets so much easier. And when you start seeing results from your actions, it will be so worth it. Now, if you truly feel stuck, Maybe go back and figure out who your ideal patient is or what treatments you want to start marketing and start there, figure out who you're talking to and what they need. That's like one of the first steps in this entire process. And if you are inside of my grow with the grand program, I want you to do the two exercises I give you in there to help, help you figure it out. And if you're still stuck, then hop into our private Facebook group and ask for help. We're all there to help you. If you're not in the program, go back to one of my first podcast episodes where I talk about your ideal patient. You could just download the exercise and do the work to figure out that first. That's a key component. And then once you understand your ideal patient, the content creation process and the marketing becomes a lot easier. And I want you to dig deep. If you truly are scared to put yourself out there, then remember that other people's opinions do not pay your bills. Other people's opinions don't build your dreams. You have to do it for yourself. Even if you're in a group practice and it seems like nobody else is interested in this, you do it for yourself and for your own dreams. Being on social media is more about building your dreams, filling your business with people you want to work with, making your practice more successful and more profitable. It's not about being popular. It truly isn't. It's about attracting the right type of patient for you. Patients that want to work with you and patients that will be happy with your treatment. It's about having financial freedom in your practice so that you don't need to worry about the practice financials anymore and freedom in your practice, freedom in your life, freedom in your mind. That's what it's all about. I like to think of these things and like five years down the line. So if you look back and five years down, like five years from now, and you were still in the same place because you didn't take any actions, wouldn't that bug you? I'm going to go with, yeah, it's going to bug you. So that means that you need to stop, like listening to what people are saying and having feelings about other people's opinions. And you just need to do it for yourself. So I am encouraging you and I challenge you to get in the trenches and do the work. Even if you feel like your situation is different, I want you to do the work and get your online marketing and your online brand building out in the world. Do not overcomplicate things. Just do it. If you have any questions about this, please make sure to find me on Instagram and ask me, I am happy to help my handles at Dr. Yazden, and I hope to chat with you there. So next week is a really fun topic. We're gonna to be talking about your why, like why you do what you do. You need to have a strong why, because when the going gets tough, your why is what will get you through the rough times. And this why will also tie into why you're using social media. So it's definitely something worth listening to. I want you to tune in next week and we're going to talk about your why we're going to nail it and you will have a greater understanding and be able to move forward with a lot more clarity. And every time you get stuck, you're going to remember your why and why it's so important. And it's just going to propel you forward. So we'll chat next week. Have a beautiful day, everyone.